Lord, we pray for, uh, for the nation at this time, Father, and the things that are going on. And uh, Lord, we ask you that, uh, that as, as people of God, as men and women and children of God, that we, our focus is upon you and nothing else. Lord, uh, as the world starts to fall apart and uh, wars and rumors of wars, and we read all about these things in your word, and, and uh, just, uh, Lord, that, uh, we know that we're going to be just fine. And, and I'm, a, I'm a Christian, I'm a Christian, I'm a child of God, that's what I am. I don't want to hold any other titles to my name. I'm just a child of God, and I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. And uh, Lord, that, uh, that's just perfect for me. I love you, Lord, and we just pray you bless this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we talked about confidence last week, and I had little stickers, and a lot of you were here last week, you heard about confidence. If you didn't, you can hear it on the SoundCloud. And um, so I, as I, I had a title for this week, and... Uh, um, as I was trying to understand this, uh, this, this thing that, um, what come first, the chicken or the egg? That's hard to decide, right? Yeah, I know, and then the egg, but you know, and so I'm looking at this word consistency. If you got your bulletins, you already read it, consistency. So what came first, consistency or confidence, and how does confidence work if consistency is not part of your life? And if I'm talking about the Word of God, then I'm talking about how can I have such wonderful confidence in God that we talked about last week if I'm not consistent with God? You know, one of the things I love my mom and dad about is they taught me to be consistent. My dad was a hard worker. He taught me to be a hard worker. He taught me if I want something that I don't expect somebody to give it to you, that you better get out and earn it. So at, a, at early ages, I was picking weeds out of gardens and farmers' gardens, and, and then I was delivering newspapers because I knew if I wanted something from Kentucky Fried Chicken or someplace else that it's best I got it myself because mom and dad were, had five kids and they were limited on what were they going to do and I was the last of the five. So there wasn't a, you, you just taught us how to work and if I wanted something I had to work for it. Now they, they blessed me with a lot of wonderful lives and a lot of wonderful things but certain things they said you've got to work for it. And, and then I learned that Work wasn't something you did just when you wanted something because nobody would hire you that way. It, you had to be consistent in that. And so I'm very thankful to my parents that they taught me consistency. They got up every Sunday morning when I was seven days old and they took me to church. And we didn't miss church. We was in church Sundays and Wednesdays and revivals and everything up until I was older. We never, that was just part of, there was no excuse not to be in church. Uh, if something was going on, and I, it seems like we, people miss a lot of church these days and uh, a lot of issues, a lot of different things, and uh, that wasn't going to happen in my house because then you were saying, telling your kids that whatever you missed church for was more important than God. And you said, well, come on, preacher. I'm just telling you the way I was raised, and I believe that. And, I, and so if I'm missing something because... You say, well, it's just once in, a while. I, once in a while, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about an inconsistent life. And every time something comes up, you say, well, we'll just not do go to church today. We'll take care of that. That's that inconsistency with God. And I'm telling you, God's not going to bless that. And when trouble comes in your life, you're not gonna, you're, you're, your first focus is to go to anything but God because you're not consistent with God. And so if I want to learn how to live a life in the instruction book that God has given us, His Bible then I have to know that I can look from the people in the past and see how consistent they were. Because I can't have confidence in God if I'm not consistent. Does that make sense to y'all? It's just not going to work. 
then I'll see people come and go all the time, and they're not consistent with God. And they'll say, well, that thing, that God thing, it just didn't work for me. Well, what'd you do, give it a week or two? Oh, hallelujah. You know, God's just not blessing me. Well, what are you doing for God? Are you serving God? Are you doing your tithes? Are you doing the things you're supposed to do? And, and oh, you're not. Oh, okay. But God's just supposed to do everything, right? So we, we got to think of God as a, if he's a person, he's a, uh, my father, and if the Holy Spirit, if we think of him as a person, then he has a relationship. We have relationships with him. And that's the way we, nobody likes to have a relationship where everybody's doing one-sided, do they? It doesn't work that way. That's not the way God works. So he wants us to be consistent with him. And I'll take you into some verses and explain that a little further with you. Let me see here. Oh, before we get started, uh, we was talking with Ray the other day, and, you know, I've I, I got to believe that the year 2016 has got to be the year we fell off the cliff, you know? I told you that joke a, a few weeks ago about everything's so far so good. Well, I think the, the, the whole world is on this 10-story building and it fell off and we're about the ninth or eighth floor and we keep saying, so far, so good, when we're going to fall. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think this, everything in 16, it just seems like we have progressed in our, in our lack of morals and our shameful attitudes and nothing matters anymore. And you women now, you've got a new, uh, a, a new look out on Cover Girl. It's called Cover Boy. It's no longer a girl on cover and everybody glorifies that. This young kid, all in, young boy, all in makeup, and I, I, I don't know what to call it, cover girl or cover boy anymore. I'm confused about all that. Because everything, nothing seems to, to go the way it, it naturally should go. The world is so inconsistent with its thoughts and its patterns that one day it's okay to do this, and the next day you can't do that. You know, if I say, well, small people are midgets, I get in trouble. Or if I call homosexuals queer, I get in trouble. But see, when I grew up, that's what it was. It was a midget or a queer, and, and now I can't say that anymore. Well, okay, I'm sorry. I don't really mean to be mean. It's just the way I grew up. I didn't know things changed like that. But obviously they do. I'm behind the times. They make up new words for things. So now we have cover it. Just cover it with their makeup. That's what they're trying to sell. Cover it. Some of us need to cover more than others. Me and, me and Mr. Blackwell back there, we need to cover a whole lot. We need a whole lot of makeup, John. We get up in the morning, I look at him, I say, John, you scare me. Well, that's okay. And then we can, no, well, no, no, it's not, it's not, I don't know. I'm confused. We, I'm trying to tell you, we live in strange times, don't we? And it's an inconsistent time because it's just whatever, whatever goes on, it can be whatever. And, of course, the Bible warns us of these times, doesn't it? If you know your Bible, it warns us of these times. And I put the sermon as the last stand because I believe we're at the last stand. I don't know when God's coming back. I don't know when he's sending his son back. But I'm telling you, we're, we're right there. Now, I don't want to go off in some deep end and be all negative. That's not what I want to do here today because I want to encourage you about something. We are, we can, God's either going to come back or something's going to happen. You know, God does miracles, doesn't he? He parted the Red Sea. Now, how many of you believe he parted the Red Sea? See, I believe he did that. You think any man alive can part the Red Sea? He paints the skies with the most beautiful colors, doesn't he? 
That's my God. He does these wonderful things. You look over the ocean, you see the sunset. My goodness, it, there's nothing on TV. There's nothing not an artist. Nobody can paint anything like it but my God. He's into miracles. And I believe that, that he's either going to do one of the most wonderful miracles we've ever seen, or maybe we're in the very last days of the days of the hours. Either way, I'm okay, amen? Either way, it don't matter. I can just do a jig because I'm okay. Christians don't fight among each other. Don't fight with the world. Let it go. Stay focused upon God. Without a cause. And we get involved with these issues that are not consistent. We start living without a cause. When we're not consistent with God, we start to live without a cause. Consistent living for Christ produces Christians ready for the last stand. Amen? I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready for whatever, whatever God brings. If he wants to bring, bring miracles, because it's about what it's going to take to straighten this world out. We're on verge of maybe a war with Russia. All kinds of things happening everywhere. Liars and everything else running for president and thieves. and you know, I don't know what it all is. It's, it's a mess. Watching a kids movie. I wasn't watching. I was just hearing it. And Ray says, do you hear what they're saying on there? I said, no, I wasn't paying attention. And Luke was watching that. And it was a high school. And I'm just kind of trying to tell you how inconsistent the world is today. Because when I was a kid, high school football was boys. Okay? As far as I know, it still is. Because I'll be honest with you, I love you women, but if you weigh about 95 pounds, you're not going to make it against a 185-pound or 200-pound boy. It's, you're, they're going to hurt you. you. You can't say, well, I'm a girl. I'm, they're going to hurt you. And I don't want any girl hurt. And it's nothing to do with your sex, my goodness. If you are a girl, I'm not even sure about that anymore. But it's to do with the, the structure that God made you in your bodies. You, you're not, there may be some women out there that are, can do things, but they're still women. They're not made like men. They're not made to play football with men. They'll be broken in pieces. Do you believe me? That's not... That's not hard to comprehend. But yet on this little Disney channel, which I'm telling you this, so you've got to protect your children, which Luke is sitting over there watching, and I don't even know, I don't pay no attention to that stuff, and he's not my, he's my grandson. He doesn't come over and listen to that stuff very often, and, and Ray hears it. And I look, and there's a girl that's a quarterback on a high school football team, and guess where they're discussing everything? In the locker room. And she's got her own little place over in the locker room. And that is so inconsistent with what I grew up with. That is crazy it doesn't happen it can't happen but only in the movies and the things but what it is is they don't make a big deal of it they're not making a big deal of her being in the locker room with the boys all the time and she has her own little private place that because see that's that's they don't want to make a big deal of it they just want to make you think that it's all natural it's the way it should be and that's the way evil works and i'll tell you evil is always consistent it's always consistently what evil <laughs> Evil's always consistently evil. Now you say, well, it's just a little kid's show. But it's, it's putting something in my grandson's mind that it's okay. And it doesn't have to be shaking him up and saying, it's just like it's no big deal. That's the world we live in. It's inconsistent with the Word of God. It's inconsistent with the way it was a few years ago. And it's getting worse, and it's getting worse. And you need to protect your children. Consistent living for Christ produces Christians ready for the last stand. In 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 18, it says, Rejoice always. 
How many times do you rejoice? Always. So that means what? Consistent. Everybody say consistent. consistent. So I need to be rejoicing always. Now, let me see. Do I rejoice when things go just my way? Do I rejoice when the horse drags me down and my pants fall down on my legs? It's hard to rejoice in then. I'll be honest with you. I may not rejoice right at that minute. I may have been yelling at the horse. Now, I wasn't cursing at the horse, but I was yelling at the horse. But I can rejoice. Amen? So I can, that's just funny now, right? I can rejoice in those things. It's okay. So it's a rejoice always. That's a consistent thing that God tells us to do. Not when, not when your football team wins or loses. You rejoice no matter what. You just rejoice. Not when a, a, a politician gets elected or not elected. We still rejoice. Because God is who we're rejoicing over. Amen? And so when I take my focus off of God, I'm rejoicing on other things. And, and then it doesn't work. I'm not going to be consistent in it. In 17, it says, pray without ceasing. What is ceasing? Consistently. So I'm to rejoice, and then I'm to pray without ceasing. You say, well, I can't pray all the time. Yeah, you can. I pray constantly. My mind is always thinking and going in thoughts of prayer with God. I mean, I can't shut my eyes when I'm driving. I can't do those kind of things. But I can always be praying and thinking of things and people I need to pray for in times, even when I'm working. We can do those things. In 18, it says, uh, pray without ceasing. In 18, it says, in everything, give thanks. In, in, in what? What is, it? what is everything? Consistent again. Everything we give thanks. Be consistent in giving thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and in everything give thanks. Because it's the will of God. Is that, is that hard for us Christians to understand that? We should, that's, that's what he tells us. So if I'm living in consistency with God, I'm going to be okay. An inconsistent life in Christ will never believe God is making his last stand. You'll never believe that it's the end times, it's the last stand. Oh, I've heard that for, oh, my grandparents talked about that 50 years ago or 20 years ago or 5 years ago or 10 days ago. They talked about that. It, they've been talking about that forever. Well, yeah, because he hasn't come back yet. <laughs> and so we'll continue to talk about it because the word of truth is what I live my life by. I believe it. But an inconsistent person, either with Christ or without Christ, they're, they're inconsistent and they're going to struggle with this. It's living without a cause. In Ecclesiastes 10.10 it says, if the axe is dull, I got this axe and I'm going to tell you it's dull. You know how I know it's dull? Because I've never sharpened it. And it looks dull. I believe I could hit John over the head with that and it wouldn't hurt him. <laughs> Not with the left hand, though. If the axe is dull, now let's, let's look at that. Now the axe, that's, that's, that's a tool, but I also use my brain and my heart with God to be consistent with God. And if my, my brain is dull or my heart is not set on, on love and, and helping people and praying and things like that, then it's, 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 it's grown dull. And it, it's not going to serve a whole lot of purpose, right? So if I look at this and I say, if the axe is dull, and I'm just a person outside of God, I look at this and I say, what are they talking about a dull axe for? Well, it's a metaphor. It's a metaphor. It's, 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 it's letting you know that you can't be dull. And it tells you, go on here, it says, and one does not sharpen the edge. In other words, pay attention and be consistent with God. More strength, then he must use more strength. Doesn't that make sense? This is dull. 
And if I want to split some wood, and it's dull, and, it's, and, and, and the wood's sitting there, and it won't, it won't split, and I just got to keep over and over, and pretty soon I'm just completely wore out. Well, that ax didn't work for me. Well, that God didn't work for me. I just kept going and going and going. But see, your mind is dull because you're not consistent with God. Am I making any sense? So if the ax is dull or the mind, and one does not sharpen the edge, then he must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. Iron sharpens iron, doesn't it? Guess what? You sharpen me and I sharpen you. Amen? Amen. That's the way it works. He must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. So if I dig deep into the word of God, and I start asking and praying over wisdom, and I'm consistent with the word of God, then that means I'm sharpening my mind and my heart. And I won't be dull. And so when the things of the world come at me, you know what, I'm really, no offense, Ray, but I'm really amazed that uh, Ray has come a long way. He, he is sharpening his, his mind and his heart a lot more than he used to. He used to, he would see that on TV and he could have cared less because he was part of that. Or I was, or some of you were too. It, it's not a big deal. But his mind is getting sharper because he's paying attention. He's studying the Word of God. He's in Bible studies. He's in all kinds of things. He's trying to learn about the Word of God. Well, it makes a difference, doesn't it? It makes a difference. Being consistent with God makes a huge difference in our lives. Hands up. You guys know about the rabbit and the turtle race? Who won the race? I was looking at the, I was listening to that, look at old cartoon this morning on YouTube from Disney. Long time. That's a funny thing. You know, I like them old Disney cartoons. And that, that rabbit, he's so cocky. He was just running around. I mean, you know, how, the, how they do that cartoon. And legs are just rolling in. And dust flies. And every flames fly. He, that rabbit, so, he was so sure of himself. And every time something would come up, He'd stop, and he'd take a nap, and he'd play with that turtle, and that turtle would, you're all come. <laughs> well, you know who won the race, right? Yeah. It was the, the turtle. <laughs> you know why? Because the turtle was consistent. He was consistent. The rabbit was too busy running all over the place thinking he was all this and all that because he knew he could outrun the turtle. He knew he could, but the problem is the turtle knew that the rabbit was stupid. <laughs> and he knew he had a lot of pride, and he was going to beat him because he would just stay focused on the race. And he'd go, oh, oh, here we go. And he wins. What a great lesson. Consistent faith in Christ will not bow down to storms. You, we have these storms in our life, right? We're going to look at some scripture in a minute. But we have these storms in our life. Well, if I'm consistent with God, I can tell you what, I won't bow down to the storms. I won't let the storms overthrow me. I don't have to because I've been consistent with God. My prayers are going good. I'm rejoicing. I'm doing these things that he asked me to do. I'm being consistent. So when the storms come up, I'm going to learn from the storms. Instead of have drama over the storms, I'm actually going to learn the purpose of the storm. Whether it's from Satan or God, I'm going to learn what it's about. And I'm not going to be a victim about it. I'm going to learn. See, our, our society now is everybody's the victim. I've talked about that as many times. I get so sick of everybody being a victim. Why don't you quit being a victim and learn from the things that are going on in your life? Maybe that storm is something you really need to learn about. Maybe you've got a storm of finances. Well, maybe I need to learn how to solve your money problems. There, there's all kinds of ways to do that. 
Maybe you've got a problem with your marriage. Well, that's a storm in your life. And God gives the beautiful, wonderful words, the instructions on how to get past these storms. And if you're consistent with God, I promise you the storms are coming, but we can learn instead of becoming a victim from them. Does that make sense to everybody? Somebody say something. Give me something. Consistent faith will not bow down to the storms, but will run the last race with integrity. Now, I don't know when my last race is, but I know I'm getting older, and I hurt more. I, I mess things up a lot faster. I used to be, I'd get up and go kick that horse. I couldn't even get up. <laughs> so, so I know I'm going in my last race. But I want to do it with integrity. I want to do it consistently with God. And boldness and godly character. See, these, are the, these are the things that, that consistency brings out. And when that consistency, when you have that in your life, the confidence that is built through the storms and through all the other issues going in your life, it builds these things. It builds integrity. There's, there's not much integrity left anymore. And character, that is gone. Because it just doesn't matter anymore. Now, it's not gone to me. It's not gone to some of the, some of the people that are still left in this world. And I, I'm, I'm just sorry for you younger people. I'm sorry that we've handed you a world that is so messed up. We've lost generations. And I mean, when I say we lost them, the millennials and others, they don't know the truth and the real truth. They don't know that there's another way to live. And it's because the church has not done a well enough job of showing them there's a better way to live. You don't have to live that way. You don't have to live in these storms and totally destroying your life. You don't have to live that way. But if you want to live with God and be consistent with God, then there are some things you've got to abide by. Those things don't take you to heaven. Those things help you live a constructive life, building integrity and character, because God still cares about it. Amen? In Exodus, this is a, I'm not going to give this a short story. It's Moses. Everybody know about Moses? The Red Sea and all, you know, the first 80 years of Moses, first 40 years weren't very good. He was a coward because he killed a man, so it makes him a murderer, murderer, and he ran off from the man. He was also an adulteress. He had affairs and with an with Ethiopian woman after he was married. So we have a man that's a murderer, a coward, and an adulteress. And when he was 80 years old, God called him out. And God had a plan for his life. And God was going to do some of the, some of the greatest miracles that, that he's ever done on the face of the earth. Outside of the creation, he's going to part the Red Sea, he's going to part the Jordan. He's going to show us how to live life He's going to show us what sin is through the Ten Commandments and through some laws. And from that time, from when Moses was 80, all up to the, he lived to be 120, he became very consistent with God. Up until that time, everything about his life was inconsistent. It was always about Moses and what's going to happen to Moses, and he's going to run off, and he's, going to, he's just inconsistent. He grew up in Egypt. Prince of Egypt could have begun a, 
a wonderful, great, maybe even a pharaoh at one time if he could have stayed there, but he didn't. He never trusted God enough when the storms came. And he created the storms, and that's what happens a lot of the storms. We create them, and he ran off. But from this time forward, he becomes very consistent with God. He becomes very bold, and he returns to Egypt, and he keeps telling Pharaoh to let my people go, let my people go, let my people go. And after plague, after 10 plagues, God finally lets his people go. Then God departs, departs the Red Sea. There's so much, so much history there, so much a God there. And so Moses is going to the first battle. This, this Amalek is the, is the first military battle that's getting ready to take place. They've been gone for just a short while. They don't really have a military because they've been slaves. They really don't have anything. They, they've been slaves. They don't know these things. And Amalek is coming up and is wanting to destroy them. They're out in the middle of the desert. They've got nothing. They've got some things they left from Egypt with, but they've got a few million people. These things are being used up quickly. But yet, here comes Satan. Here comes the storm. And it wants to destroy him. But Moses is consistent with God. And these people were not consistent with God. They would cause trouble after trouble and always want to go back to Egypt and always coming at Moses and always giving him trouble. But it, Moses did not at anything stop him. I don't know how he did that outside of God was in Moses. The Holy Spirit was in Moses and prevailed over all these things. And so Moses was very consistent. So what I'm about to tell you, this, this wonderful history here, is not about Moses' consistency. It's more about a church, a family of God being consistent, especially in the end times, because of the last stand. They could have been totally wiped out, but Moses trusted God. Even though they had no military, no abilities, he trusted God. So we go on with this history here. He came, Amalek came to, and fought with Israel, and I don't know how to pronounce that name, it doesn't matter. And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out. So they actually had to choose. It was no military. Fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on top of the hill with the rod, God in, with the rod of God in my hand. It's the same rod. It wasn't a magic wand. But it was the same rod he used when he parted the sea and, and, and water out of a rock earlier. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses said, Aaron and Ur, which Ur is the son of uh, Caleb. I know a lot of you don't know who Caleb is, but go back and study and you'll learn out who Caleb is. Went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand. This is where we're getting to the consistency part. Moses was a consistent man of God, there's no doubt about that. But he had to hold up his hand. He had to hold the staff of God up in his hand while they fought down below. And he was watching them fight down below. And every time he would start to lower his arm, we'll read about that, but every time he started to lower his arms, the battle would turn and they would start to lose. So I mean, every time, every time he got tired and there was nobody to help him, and he lowered his arms and fighting, he's, he's an older man now, and he's lowered his arms fighting, men were dying. It was serious stuff. 
It was important that he stay consistent with what God had him do. But what was really important was that the men that were with him, the church, the family that were with him, saw that Moses needed help. And they would be consistent right along with him. Because they knew if they were consistent with what God asked them to do, that God would prevail. Amen? See, we, we've got to be consistent with what God wants us to do. If you're not consistent with God, how's God going to prevail over your life? And how when the storms come up? How are you going to make that work? Now the men down there fighting down below, they could look up and they could see Moses standing there. They could see and be encouraged by Moses standing there knowing that he's saying, Get him, God! Get him! Save the people! So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses and Aaron and Ur went up to the top of the hill and so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. Don't you, don't you think it got heavy? Mine are getting heavy right now. But he knew he had to keep them up or people would die. How serious is it? How serious are you taking your faith with God? I mean, how serious are you being with God? I mean, how consistent are you being with God? How consistent are you? Think, don't you think that in this last times of our lives that we should be telling people about Jesus Christ and getting make sure they understand what that cross and what the blood of Christ means? Don't you understand that God uses you to do those things? And if you're not consistent with God, you're not going to care. You're not going to care. But yet, it's a matter of life and death, and it's eternal life we're talking about, and an eternal death we're talking about. Moses' hands became heavy, so they took a stone and put him under it. In other words, he sat down, and he sat on it. And Aaron and Ur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. How long did the battle last? All day. All day. You say, well, I thought God was fighting for him. He is fighting for them. But you've got to get into the battle, amen? You've got to fight. You can't play around with it. You've got to fight. If you want people to know who Jesus Christ is, start fighting. I've got to quit yelling. I just get excited, you know. My hands are getting tired, too. On the other side, his hands were steady and, and the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. How did he do it? He had a consistent life with God. For the, all these years, he knew where he was in the beginning of his life. He knew how bad he was. He knew everything about him. But God said, I can wash away all that. I can take all that away from you. And you can be a servant of God that they'll talk about for the next thousands upon thousands of years until I return. If you'll just do it. And Moses agreed to it. And he knew what the circumstances were going to be. But he said, I'll be consistent. I will be consistent. And he did it i got to lower my hands. In Exodus 7, 15, it says this, And Moses built an altar and called his name, The Lord is my banner. Because they won the battle. The Lord Jesus Christ is my banner. Amen? He should be your banner. What if God is about to do something? I mean, think about this. We're... We're in a prime time that everybody's paying attention, not just in the United States, all across the world, because the United States leads the world, folks. It just does. 
If we fall, the whole world falls. What if God is about to do something this would, this would has never been seen before? What if he's about to do something that's never been seen before? I mean something greater than parting the Red Sea. Something greater than raising people from the dead. Something greater than a blind man seeing for the first time or a deaf person hearing. What in the world could be greater than all those things? Hmm. What if he was about to call his church home? What if the trumpet was about ready to sound? What? if God was about to do the miracle that he's talked about since the beginning of time? What if? And the question is, that's going to happen. I promise you that. Because all the prophecies in God's word are fulfilled. Just about all of them. Something that no, no other writings can claim. It's going to happen. And the people left behind, they're going to call it everything but that. They're going to give it every excuse but that. They're not going to believe. They're not going to believe. And for us, wow. John's mom died the other day and she lived with the Lord her whole life. My mom did too, and a lot of your families did. Jessica did, Sandy's mom. A lot, of, a lot of you did, a lot of your families did. They never saw death. They saw Jesus. Amen? They never saw death. See, as a Christian, we don't see death. I don't have to look at it the way the world looks at it. I don't have to. I've been consistent with God. I believe his word. I believe what the Son of God, who the Son of God is. I believe it all. Not just in my mind, but my heart. My heart has got sharp over it. My mind has got sharp over it. It's not dull to this world and to the, the secrets of this world and to the ugliness of this world and the evil of this world and the consistency of evil. It's not. It's sharp to it. It understands it. But I also know that you can be pulled out so quickly and try to and try to fight for what you don't need to fight for. But we have to be in the battle. Amen? Jesus is going to do my fighting. I don't have to go on defense. I can go on offense always. I can, whenever somebody asks me a question about anything, I don't have to answer their question. I just have to answer it through the Word of God. I can go right on offense and answer it through the Word of God. 1 Corinthians 15. Behold. Behold. In other words, pay attention. Amen? Behold. Something marvelous. Something that's never been done before is going to happen. It says, Behold, I tell you a mystery. This is Paul. You just, just imagine him when he's writing this, how excited he is. The Holy Spirit's within him. He's writing what God told him to write, and he, he gets it. He understands what's going to happen to humanity. He understands what's going to happen to the earth. Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. In other words, not everybody will die. But we shall be changed. This corruptible, this corruptible life we live in will change to incorruptible. My sin cannot follow me anywhere. It's been, I've been covered by the blood of Christ for that. And it will not follow me. The sin of this world can't make it to heaven. 
No one that has not accepted the Lord in their lives can make it to heaven. It will not happen. It cannot happen. God cannot be around sin. But we shall all be changed in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye. And he uses that twinkling of the eye because that's the fastest thing they had back then. Is how fast your eye blinks, that twinkle. That's how fast it's going to be. At the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptibly. And we shall be changed. Amen? What an amazing thing to think of. I'm going to be changed. Not because of what I've done for Christ, but because of what he's done for me. Because of what he's done for me. And because I understand what he's done for me, I'm going to be consistent for him. Challenge for the week. Brooke, come on up. To live, in, to live consistent life for the cause of Christ. To live a consistent life for the cause of Christ. Not swayed by the world's ways. This is a challenge for you. To live a consistent life for the cause of Christ. Not swayed by the world's ways. Not discouraged by what we see and hear as God takes his last stand. Can you do that? Some of you need to get consistent with God. He's not playing games. He never has. I don't know where we get the idea that, that God plays with us. Or that we can just do whatever we want and God's going to be okay with it. It's, he's not. And your lives prove it. If you're consistent with God, you've got a life that's going to be a wonderful life. Even though the storms come, you learn from them and you don't complain about them. Your, your character and integrity is being built through every storm that comes through your life. Be consistent with God, and I promise you, he'll be well more consistent with you. Let's stand. I open up the tables now, and if you belong to Jesus Christ, if he's your Savior, you're welcome at these tables. There's a prayer that Billy Graham would always pray. And it's for the people that have not accepted the Lord in their life. And he would always ask people to bow your heads, and if you want Jesus to come live in your life, if you want the love of Christ in you, if you're ready and you mean it with your heart, and it continually tells us with the heart, and if you mean it, then Jesus Christ will save you. He'll come into your life. Not only save you, he'll change you. And you'll start to be more like him. I got news for you. If you've said that, and all of a sudden your life hasn't changed, and your life isn't consistent with God, and it hasn't changed, a prayer does not save you. A prayer cannot save you. It's the actions of the heart that saves the person. If words can save you, the whole world would be saved if they wanted to. Words cannot save you. It's the actions of the heart. So I'm asking if you want to say a prayer today and accept the Lord in your life. First of all, I'm telling you, you're going to have a wonderful life but I'm also going to tell you that the world will hate you. You will be persecuted. Your friends won't understand you. 
But that won't matter because God is changing you. He's changing you. So if all, just bow our heads for a minute. If you're ready to accept the Lord in your life, and then just repeat it right there. Right there, you can repeat it silently in your heart. And it goes like this. Dear Heavenly Father, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you lived a perfect life. That you came down to this earth that I might have the opportunity to know you and to be saved for eternal life through you. I believe you died on a cross for me. I believe it, Father. I believe that your blood has cleansed me. I'm asking you, Lord, to come into my life and change me. I recognize the old. It isn't working. There's something dreadfully wrong with it. Father, I know that you love me and would just save me. And I can promise you something. If you said that and you mean business with Jesus Christ, then he means business with you and he just saved you. And you're either a sister or a brother to me now. You're a follower of Jesus Christ. There's a lot to do. It's all fun and exciting. Even the battles, they'll get even where after a while you look at them and say, Phew. but they'll be painful at first. You want to understand things at first. God's just asking you to trust Him through that. He'll take you through it. He took me through it. He took a lot of others through it. Be consistent with God. If you said that prayer, you can come to me and just whisper it in my ear. God likes the glory because it lets other people know that he is truly real. And then follow him in baptism and start growing in Christ. So if you belong to Jesus Christ and you've done what we've said, you're welcome at these tables. Sometime in your life, you accept him in your life. You follow him and come and enjoy him. Just whisper in my ear. We'll pray with you. We'll teach you what, show you what's next. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the consistency that you've shown us through your people. Lord, let us bless you. And Father, we ask you to bless these, church, these people in this church. In Jesus' name, amen. Come, enjoy the Lord today.